Spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead. Welcome to Max Mike Movies. In this, our second series, we'll discuss a different movie each week, a movie that falls into the category of what we're calling Hidden Gems. These are movies that we both think are fun, interesting, or otherwise worth seeing, but for some reason they don't seem to have reached a particularly wide audience. We'll go over the plot of the film in our show portion, go back and forth over the film's merits, points, and details in Lowdown, and finish up with the Roundup, where we discuss why we think the film deserves a wider audience, and maybe try to figure out why it doesn't have one. This week we're talking about the 2014, I know, incredibly recent, this is like 20 to 30 years newer than any of the movies we've talked about, 2014 movie, What We Do in the Shadows. The Show. This is a mockumentary slash almost reality show that follows a group of centuries-old vampires, Vladislav, Viago, Deacon, and Peter, living in present-day Wellington, New Zealand, as they navigate both the exotic difficulties of being the children of the night... Shut up! ...and and the more mundane difficulties, like uh, figuring out how to pay the rent and whose turn it is to do the dishes and generally how to distribute the chores among a quartet of vampires. And then, of course, there is their big upcoming event, the Unholy Masquerade, to worry about. That's pretty much it. This was, by the way, directed and starring, or he's one of the stars, by Taika Waititi, who has come into prominence recently as as the director of Thor Ragnarok, but he also did uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, which was... Waititi! Droids! (laughs) (laughs) Somebody get these Jawas away from our speeder. Uh, I need to point out something very quickly uh, uh, to interject here. You are terrible at introducing the hosts. (laughs) But everyone knows us. No, they don't. Yes, they do. This could be the first one they ever heard. Uh, that's true. Sorry. Uh, I am I am your host with the most on the East Coast, Max Levine. And I am the dramatization of a doctor, Mike Luce. <laughs> Was that so hard? Yes, I'm bleeding. You forget every My time. My eyes! Well, you know, you should check for vampirism. I, I really hear. should. Uh, you know, turkeys carry it. <laughs> turkeys. Yeah, okay. No, no, we're, we're, we will not discuss the wattled menace today. So, you know, when I first was uh, looking at this film, you know, I was looking at the taglines, and uh, the one that stood out to me was the one that was uh, said, it's kind of like Groovy Ghoulies meets Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. Would you say that that's true? <laughs> not in the least. <laughs> I, I think that is some, something from your own deranged mind. I, I might have had some sake at the uh-huh, time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, fun thing about this is this is another, uh, film that for us was caused by my buddy, the weasel. Uh, he came over one day and I was like, dude, you have to watch this. And I'm like, no, dude, I really don't. He's like, dude, you really do. And we (laughs) really did. And well, we'll get to the part whether Max and I thought it was worth watching Mm, or not. Although it's inclusion in this series is kind of a given. Kind of. The fact that we consider it a gem hidden or not. Gem. You know, it's, it is truly, truly, truly outrageous. It is, as long as it has the holograms. As long as it does. Uh, I think remaking Showtime that. synergy. Um. <laughs> You're fired for the fifth time <laughs> just for knowing any I lines have, from Gem and the Holograms. I have never been fired from one job so many times as <laughs> I've been fired from this one. 
Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to fire Max, you can reach us at, <laughs> speaking of which, yeah, uh, if you do want to follow us, I'm, I'm assuming you follow us at least somewhat because you found the podcast already. We can be found on the, the Google podcast thingy, however, whatever they have. Uh, you can find us on the iTunes podcast store, which, although it's free, you can find us on our website, which is maxmikemovies.com. You can find us at Plort Max, Max Mike Movies, because remember, Plort is what you call the at symbol. That's that's the thing. We decided that, yes. yes. And we have a Facebook page, which is, yes, we do. in fact, Max Mike Movies. So, You may be sensing a pattern. Maybe. Uh, on the website, if you want to leave comments, feel free. We may or may yep. not respond to them. And your comments may become part of a future show. That is true, and you are welcome to fire me also if you to, through the comments. To fire Max, please go to. <laughs> Won't so, you fire Max? Thank you. We need leaders. Uh, wow, that was mm, a deep dig. So, uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. That was an old Boy Scouts commercial. Uh, was it Campfire Girls? Oh, was it Campfire Girls? I think it was oh, Camp. Geez. Do they even do that anymore? Is that a thing? This is Rita Moreno for Campfire Girls. <laughs> leave, yeah, leave something in the comments if there are, in fact, still Campfire Girls. I, I honestly don't know. If you're a Campfire Girl would like to be one, please call. Um, so I'm wondering, and I'm sure all of our listener is wondering, is there any trivia associated with this particular film? Why, strangely enough, there's quite a bit. Wow. There's a lot of information. As I say, this was directed by the guy who plays the vampire Viago, Taika Waititi. Waititi. Who also, one of the other stars who is awesome. Jermaine Clement is in this, who most people, well, he, he's not as well known. Most people know his voice uh, from Tamatoa the Crab in Moana. Oh, dear gods, really? Yeah, that's him. <laughs> he is that's shiny. Right. He is very shiny. He was also Boris the Animal, the bad guy in Men in Black 3. Okay. Uh, he's best known for his like early New Zealand projects. Uh, he was on a show called Flight of the Concords, which was directed by Taika Waititi. Waititi. And I... I first, we're not we're gonna have a lot of trouble with that name, aren't we? Only a little. And I first saw him uh, in a, a little indie film, boy, 10, 15, 20 years ago, called Eagle vs. Shark, also directed by Taika Waititi. Stop it! Okay. And, <laughs> Is that like Tiger vs. Bunny? Uh, not quite. Oh, okay. <laughs> no anime involved. Oh. Uh, it's actually a really, it's really well done, and uh, it's actually a great little movie. It, it's painful sometimes because the two main characters are massively socially awkward. I mean, to the point where it's clear they're somewhere on the Asperger's uh, spectrum. But uh, this movie was made for very, very little. <laughs> the budget was $1.6 They got a lot out of that $1.6 They million. did. I'll say that right now, but we'll get into that later. But they got a yeah. lot for their money. They did. The U.S. gross, by the way, the only reason it got released in the U.S. was through a Kickstarter campaign. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the U.S. gross was $3.3 million. Not that great. The worldwide was six point two. which hey, is... You know, they made money. <laughs> they did. They did. And uh, it must be picked... It must have hit a uh, chord with somebody because I believe it's Netflix. Someone is going to be doing a series based on it. Yeah. Yes, well, yeah, we can... Ignore that at our leisure. There was also supposed to be a spinoff called What We Do in the Moonlight, which would have followed the <laughs> werewolf pack. Werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> which has got to be one of the best quotes from the thing. And this movie ha is full of great quotes. Yes, it is. A couple of other things. This movie uh, takes place in Wellington, actually does take place in Wellington, New Zealand, and a number of the bars and the nightclubs that are visited are real bars 
and uh, nightclubs in uh, the what, the area called Courtney Place in uh, in Wellington. Oh, did she get married? Because her maiden name was Courtney Love, right? <laughs> yes, that's right, Courtney Place. Oh, 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 joke oh, number one. Ah, my ah, sides. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, Taika Waititi based his performance on his mother. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jermaine Clement based his sort of on Gary Oldman from Bram Stoker's Dracula. The okay, that I can disaster. see, but can we back up a sec? So apparently Taika Waititi's mother is a German man. <laughs> well, a German dandy, apparently. An 18th century German dandy. Yeah, wow. That's yeah, a, so yeah. that's how it is in that family. <laughs> <laughs> apparently each of the main characters is sort of supposed to be based on a famous vampire from the movies. Like Peter, the 8,000-year-old... Uh, monster who Nosferatu? never talks. Yeah, exactly. Deacon, uh, who's the young, the rebellious boy, he's like only 183. He's sort of based on Bela Lugosi's Dracula. Wow, and, that's that's a big sorta. <laughs> yeah, Vladislav is you know as we say that's Jermaine Clement. He's based on Gary Oldman's Ooh. and Nick. Well, he calls him. He actually comes out and says that he's supposed to be tw- <laughs> Edward from Twilight. As he keeps, I'm Twilight. I'm Twilight. Yeah, I'm going to go right out now, even during uh, trivia, and say yeah. that he beats Edward five oh, yeah. times to Sunday. <laughs> oh, any of them do. Oh, yeah, Viago, who is uh, Taika, he's based loosely on on Louis from Interview with a Vampire. Again, the sort of foppish, clothes, uh, clothes horse dad. Okay, uh, I, mean, I can see that better than his mother, I hope. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this movie, by the way... Both Clement and Waititi wrote the script. They wrote like 150 pages of script, which they didn't show anybody. They would hand them like a few pages at a time. Most of the script, most of the dialogue is improvised. They shot over 125 hours worth of footage wow. for the movie. It took them almost a year to edit it down to 90 minutes. I bet. Yeah. Well, of course, they don't even need to make a Netflix series. They can just take all that extra footage and they've got their show. Although, yeah, seriously. Editing is an art form in itself. Uh, mm. Support your local editor, please, because, <laughs> yeah, otherwise you get things like, you know, Prometheus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, one one last thing. The uh, guy who plays Stu. Stu! Their human friend, Stu, Stu, Stu. Stu's awesome. Is not an actor. He's a guy named Stu Rutherford. He's a part-time business analysis uh, analyst for a Wellington company called Landworks. He was hired under the impression that he would be working on computers and he might play a small part in the film. And suddenly, it's like, guess what? You're a major character. Well, apparently he was okay with it because he came back the next day. Oh, yeah. No, he loved it. He just, it kind of surprised him. He, so, he, he looks kind of surprised. Yeah, the whole movie, he looks like, really? I'm, I'm supposed to be doing this? Yeah. What so else? That's pretty, that's pretty much it for trivia. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that means we can uh, slam dance our way right into the lowdown. The lowdown. Ow. Ooch. Look out for that mosh pit. <laughs> right, so. Right from the first shot in the movie. Yes. Which is... The whole the you know, via the coffin opens and Viago does that uh, <laughs> you know rising to a standing position the sort way they of. traditionally do. He gets halfway and gets stuck. He keeps looking at the camera like you're not still filming, are you? No, still filming. 
the whole I was laughing my butt off to the whole I've seen this obviously once before but I was laughing my butt off just watching this again because there's so many things that are just like I just hit you off the side of the head and it's like where did that come from yep the the humor is wonderful in this uh, I actually liked it from the opening the fake New Zealand documentary board thing mm-hmm. looked just like something from like the Canadian film board or something like that it looked very you know real. totally believable totally believable I mean the, the thing, to me, the best part of the humor is sort of the juxtaposition of the dark, gothic, supernatural vampire cliches and these unbelievable mundane things. When, when Viago's going, waking people up. Wakey, wakey. Like, Awake, awaken. Awakey, wakey. <laughs> and it's, we're, we're going to have a flatmate meeting in uh, 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to. And of course, how does, how does Viago wake up? He has an alarm clock. <laughs> yeah, he has a generic... <laughs> generic digital alarm clock <laughs> this is always the scary part for me because it is uh it's here nighttime and he's looking out the curtains because he's like oh is it this oh good it is nighttime yay nighttime <laughs> and he's he's not only a fop but he's i mean if he were present day he'd be a nerd um yeah he just like even in his own time you can tell this is not a guy that did well with the ladies or the guys <laughs> no. or whatever he did um except he's the one with a love story well, yeah. I mean, such as it. Well, to be fair. Oh, come on! It's sweet. He's in. He talks about how uh, he was in love with this woman back in the 18th century. <laughs> no, back like uh, I don't know. Uh, 1914, years I ago, think it like, was. Yeah. 1914. He fell in love with this woman, and she emigrated to New Zealand, and he tried to follow her, <laughs> but but his his Renfield basically his Phil. Servant put Phil put the wrong postage on his coffin <laughs> and he ended up going this really roundabout route and it took him 18 months to get to New Zealand by that time she was already married and she met uh, someone she, else so you know I had to <laughs> and, and I just I love his you know I, I, I thought you know about you know killing him ripping his head off draining the life out of him you know of course but <laughs> <laughs> there's a I, lot of that <laughs> it's, it's it's so much of it then there's you know Vlad, yeah. who is Vladislav, who is in a little nod to Dracula, is was called. He used to poke people with sharp implements, so he was called Vladislav the, the poker, poker, as opposed to <laughs> Vlad the Impaler, the guy yeah. Dracula was based on. Uh, I used old... to I used to torture when I was in a bad place. <laughs> he has he has his own torture. This is my torture room. I don't he's come down with, here so much anymore. He's the one with the sort of uh, uh, you know traditional Eastern European accent. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> You know, Deacon, the rebellious bad boy, because he's only 183. Yeah, ooh, that kid. And he was, that was another vampire cliche that really threw me, is he was a Nazi vampire. Yep. Right out of the cheesy movies. Yep. (laughs) And there's even, like, really, I thought, well done, retouched photos of him being a Nazi vampire. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, there's a lot of that through the film. There's a lot of photos, and it's like them celebrating New Year's Eve 2002 and 1976, Mm -hmm. and all of this paraphernalia of these guys having lived together for a very long time that is really well mocked up i guess is the best term i can think of it's really well simulated uh i'm even gonna go right now and i'm gonna head right into the special effects the special Mm. effects in this film with one exception are really well done they're they're very minimal the use of editing like when they turn into bats and the, and you know, this is what you would do with a, as a documentary filmmaker, you're trying to keep the camera on the subject. Well, one of the characters runs away and leaps into the air to fly and turn into a bat. Well, 
they use that movement of the camera, that fuzzing of the camera, so that we don't actually see that we're cutting to what I'm guessing they, they digitally put the, that bat in later. But mm -hmm. you don't see the actual transformation, but the, the movement of the camera sort of implies it. Yeah, the um, idea of he, you know the cameraman is suddenly swinging the camera up, and where there was a guy, there's a bat. Yeah, and then later there's an amazing bat fight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that fight. Like, Ooh, bat fight, bat fight! <laughs> yeah, but it's like, this is the way... I like to see special effects like used to enhance or do something you really can't do when you've got to a point where you're making films where the there's really nothing in the frame that could exist then I I think it makes it harder for the audience to relate and here they're out on back streets or they're you know vacuuming while flying um, <laughs> stuff like that I mean and it's really well done like you told me it was a million six it's like I mean maybe somebody has a friend at Weta and they would like sneak in at night when nobody was there and like mm. get them to do their special effects or something but except for the werewolves I mm. thought the special effects were amazingly well done um, the werewolves the were wear suits whatever you want to call them yeah. yeah they don't bear close examination but I gotta say I have yet to see a well done werewolf ever it's very hard I kind of like the one in American werewolf in London yeah the transformation's really cool but when he's the actual wolf you can tell when he's like swinging his head around it's like oh yeah. that's on top of the guy's head it's just the fur is the big problem I guess yeah. but uh, but yeah otherwise the special effects are surprising there's one point where they are in a pharmacy. And it's because Nick has just been changed into a vampire. And he's, and he's going around telling everybody that he's a vampire. <laughs> but he has a problem. Like when he's, he's suffering some side effects, one of them is that his eyes bleed all the time. So he's trying to get mm -hmm. something for this. And uh, the guy behind the counter is like, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a vampire, too. And I, you know, I change into things, of course, in a New Zealand accent, which I can't do. And uh, so he's yeah, show me some of the stuff you do. And then suddenly Nick just transforms into this thing. And it's out of nowhere. But and it's fairly they, subtle. His just his skin gets pale. He gets like black shadows around his eyes and his fork, tongue fork. It's not like he turns into this full blown demon. No, it's actually much more subtle and really disturbing. Yeah, and, and the lighting is perfect. Mm -hmm. And the grain of the videotape, everything looks great. And of course, the guy behind the counter is like, oh, yeah, he, he's he terrified. Don't kid about transformations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, running around, yeah, I'm, I'm Dracula. I'm Twilight, man. I'm Twilight. You're not Twilight, Nick. Hey, since you brought up Twilight, I have to say, too, all of the vampire stuff, every last drop of vampire stuff in this movie is way better than anything in Twilight. Don't write us. Yeah. <laughs> Why? No, that's absolutely true. I mean... They did research. Well, yeah, Stephanie Meyer made a big deal out of, oh, I've never read a vampire book or seen a vampire movie. That's we not know. something to be proud of. Then why did you call them vampires? Yes. This is why a lot of people apparently refer to them as Meyer Pyres. Well, that's yeah, that's easy to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sparkly vampires will do fine. Yeah. Sparkle, sparkle. Um, but, like, they took all of the folklore and all the things we know about vampires and included all of it there's one really kind of touching and really funny scene where um viago is talking about this locket that his his girlfriend or you know his love kathleen gave him and catherine, he had yeah. catherine i'm sorry mm -hmm. and he's showing it and it's got a photo of her in it that she gave him and he's like oh and i put myself in here too and 
It's like he, but he has to put gloves on before he even unwraps the yeah, thing. He's like, made yeah, of you silver. know, we, we can't wear silver to vampires. We can't wear it. But then he puts it on, and he's sitting there with this weird grin as smoke starts pouring out of his clothes because it's obviously burning him. And he's finally, he's like, his his grin turns to a grimace, and more smoke comes out. And he's like, yeah, that's about as long as I can bear it. Because, but it's cause, so touching because he wants to wear it. It's this yes. keepsake from her, and he wants to wear it. And he tries to wear it as long as he can stand it. It's. And then yep. we find out she's still alive. She's like 96 <laughs> years old. And he goes and stands outside the window of her retirement home. Yeah. And just watches her through the window. And she just sort of oh. looks around like, huh? You know, like she, she can feel 96. someone watching her. It's very touching. Did you find out, was that Taika's mother? No, I don't believe uh, that is Taika. Oh, okay. Because it was just like, I would bet that. It, the one thing I noticed is that they didn't give her fangs. And I can understand. It's like, ah, uh, she's too old. Leave her alone. Um, but he's very, he's a very sweet character. And here's where the, the juxtaposition, I was going to come to this a little later, but here's where the juxtaposition comes in. He's a really sweet character who's a horrible person. Oh, yeah. Well, they all are. They're terrible. They're monsters. <laughs> yes, they are. They, that's the, the, the part that actually made me a little uncomfortable is that you've got this amazing humor and it's really funny. Um, if, if you haven't come across this, or if you only saw this because we told you to, mm -hmm. a perfectly good reason, by the way, uh, this, the humor in this is great. It's, it's like, there's very little time between big laughs and then they're murdering people. They are killing it, people out of hand and they have, I mean, in a way this is really well done. It's very clever because it really emphasizes these are not human beings. These are monsters. No. These are, are, are vampires. Yes. And they have a completely different set of values and different set of morality. I mean, God, Vlad, when they're complaining about the household chores, what's his response? We should we should get some slaves. Why don't we get some slaves? And <laughs> yeah. they're trying to, you know, of course, he's 862. They're trying to explain <laughs> that. You know, like, uh, no, no. Uh, real and, vampires and, don't put out towels or newspapers. <laughs> yes, and, uh, I have to say, when you killed that person, he, he bled all over my nice couch. The red one? Well, it, well it's red now. <laughs> you know, that's what they're worried about. Not that they've committed murder, but that, you know, they, they've ruined the couch. You know, even Viago, at one point, he uh, he brings this woman home mm -hmm. and uh, he... he <laughs> He puts the towels and the newspapers down while he's talking to her, and she seems perfectly happy. And he's like, goes to her collar and he moves her collar. I'm just going to put this aside now. And then he bites into her, and he actually hits the jugular vein by mistake, and it's spurting all over the place. Oh, and he's covered, and he's standing in the hall, and he's like, yeah, that, I, I hit the major vein, so there's kind of a big mess now. Uh, on the upside, I think she had a pretty good time. <laughs> yeah, so they think it's... nothing of it. There, and there are these really creepy little moments they point out they run into these two little girls who are yeah. vampires, and then right. he's saying, "Yes, you know, you get uh, you get turned to vampire as a child. You know, you stay a child." And so, how are you doing? Are you hunting for perverts tonight? Was, yeah, and it's clear what they're doing is these little girls are waiting, attracting pedophiles, and then eating them. Well, they even said that we're meeting a pedophile later on. Yeah, and then they do, <laughs> and they're absolutely blasé about it. Oh yeah, this guy's a pervert. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So the, that's the the part that I thought was like slightly uncomfortable because it's almost like there's a, a little, I don't know what to call it, a nod or a poke at, at a kind of almost a political kind of thing. Like mm -hmm. if they ever did a movie trying to humanize Nazis or something, mm -hmm. it's like, well, you know, they're people too. And it's like, no, they're also monsters. Please yeah. remember this part. It was yeah. kind of like that because you, you do have sympathy for these, these people. I guess you can call them people, but they... 
but they're horrible. It's funny. That's one of the complaints I've heard about the movie The Godfather, uh-huh. which is oh. a brilliant movie. It's one of the greatest movies this country has ever produced. But the thing is, you're sympathizing with these murderers and rob these horrible people who think nothing about killing other people, stealing, you know, extortion, everything. But you're going, oh no, I hope he's okay. <laughs> like, um, wait, what the hell is wrong with me? I think I heard the same thing about The Sopranos, but I didn't watch The Sopranos. I, so. I watched some of that. Yeah, it's true. You're sympathizing with people who do monstrous things. Hell, but this is a thing. It's the same with like the show Dexter, which was about a serial killer. The the hero is a serial killer. Wasn't he a serial killer that was out to find other serial killers? Yeah, he was a serial killer who preyed on murderers. So he's, he was a good, in, he's a good one. A good, yes, he still does this because he gets a huge charge out of it. And yeah. because if he, you know, he ha, it kind of at some level he thinks he has to. But anyway. D- does he, in fact, have fava beans? Uh, no, nor does I. I don't believe he ever drinks Chianti either. Oh, pity. Yes. Um, I always have Chianti with my fava beans. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Do you even know what fava beans are? They're beans that <laughs> are named fava. <laughs> You win this round. <laughs> I trounce you. <laughs> it, um, just back to the mundane stuff. I love that they have a chore wheel. <laughs> you know. Well, you know, you should, it, and then they show them doing them. Yeah, more or less. More or less. Nobody ever wants to do the dishes. That's Deacon's job. And you know, you haven't watched. Vampires don't do dishes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing in terms of being monstrous. Uh, Deacon has a familiar. Yes. This woman named Jackie. Yes. Who is this? Who is basically his thrall? She she has to do anything he tells her, and she he's always promising to make her a vampire, and he never does. And that honestly, that was what disturbed me because you find out Jackie is married and has mm-hmm. two children, and yes. she is still desperate to become a vampire. Yeah, yeah. It's and that's uh, just spoiler. Weird. She gets her wish. Yeah. Um, but I and even that is I I know it's disturbing, but it's so damn funny because she's sitting, she turns her husband into her familiar. It's like I love you, I love you too, but I am the master. <laughs> I, I am your master. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, well, of course, it's Jackie that causes probably the biggest push for plot in the film because um, I gotta keep forgetting his name. Uh, her Ooh. master is. Oh, um, uh, that's Deacon. Deacon, her yeah. master. I keep thinking it's what's the V name. He's he hasn't got a V name. That's his problem. Yeah. Uh, Deacon, you know, wants her to bring over some people for a dinner party because mm. um, you know they, you want them to have a nice time and then they kill them and you know. Um, and he brings o- she brings over an ex boyfriend and mm-hmm. his current girlfriend. Well, as it turns out, they play who can catch Nick, and eventually the one who catches him is Peter. And Peter doesn't kill him; he makes him into a vampire. Yeah. And so now you've got new blood in the group, causing all sorts of trouble. Um, although he'd also bring Stu. Yep, and they all love Stu. Stu Everyone loves Stu. He is. He's a computer nerd, and he he like helps them understand things like the internet and cell phones. Yeah, I, 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 there's this little throwaway bit where he's teaching uh, Deacon and Viago how to text. <laughs> and Viago texts something to Deacon, and when, when he hits send, he's also waving his hand over the phone like he's trying to put, he's trying to push the message over to him. <laughs> and then Deacon looks at his phone and suddenly whips around and like covers his eyes. And what he texted him was, "There is a crucifix behind you." <laughs> 
That's the first oh. text joke ever. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah there's, there's, there's just lots of things going on. There's also, like, little tiny nods to other films. One of them was really vague, um, and to be fair of the two of us, I'm betting I'm the only one who caught it. Yeah. Um, in the opening, there's a series of images, and some of them are photos of the vampires having celebrated things or at, at famous events or, you know, supposedly artwork that has them in them. And one of them is a painting and I think it's supposed to be Viago, and it's in bright colors. Well, mm -hmm. it's kind of a nod. There was a painting very, very much like it in Queen of the Damned, which itself was a portrait of a vampire that was based on a Matisse painting called The Green Stripe. Oh, you're right. You are the only one who caught that. <laughs> I might be the only one. It might have like made. Uh, we just made that up, dude. It's not like a nod to anything. That that was my New Zealand accent. Um, <laughs> That was terrible. <laughs> one I'm sure you did get was at one point they're talking about the fact that, you know, you have no reflection. And Viago is in front of a, a mirror with a little cup. Oh. And he's doing, oh, look, a ghost cup. Which I'm sure, Max, you know, is very oh, yeah. much like. Go That's ahead. from Am Amazon Women on the Moon. The uh, sequence with the Invisible Man with Ed Bagley Jr. As an invisible, a guy who is convinced <laughs> he's invisible but isn't. And everyone I think it's around Ed Begley Jr., isn't it? It is. It is. And yeah. everyone around him sort of goes along and pretends that he's invisible. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what does he do? He picks, he picks up a cup and, like, dances it across a bar. And, oh, dear, oh, dear. This place must be haunted. Ever see a shirt? Make a phone call? Ooh. <laughs> so odd. I mean, one of them, some of them they even cite themselves. There's a sequence right out of The Lost Boys where... Yep. When they're eating spaghetti, they go, how do you like those worms? What? You're eating worms. And they, he makes, they make people think. Of course, I love it. They get, they mispronounce spaghetti. Deacon always calls it pischetti. <laughs> so like a child. <laughs> yeah. At one time, he's, yeah, Nick is trying it in a restaurant on stew with his french fries. Sorry, his chips. Yes. And he says, hey, how do you like, the, how do you like those worms? And Stu just looks at it, 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 it only works with uh, uh, food that already looks like worms, you know, spaghetti and noodles. Say, hey, you want some noodles? We get some, well, well now he knows, you know, it's not going to work. <laughs> uh, then, of course, Nick makes a horrible, horrible mistake. Oh, mm. You shouldn't eat that. And he, and he eats one of the chips, which is oh, French fries. And then like, there is this horrendous, like, oh. Mr. Creosote scene in the this alley as he's throwing up. And Viago just, Viago just turns to the camera and brilliantly and very subtly just says, he ate the chip. <laughs> just, i like, you, you all right there, Nick? And Nick is still throwing up, but he gives a thumbs up. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so there was one other one, too, which is uh, later on, there is a listen, do you smell that quote, which, of course, is a nod to Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, yep. So, yeah, <laughs> and it's nice that they're kind of self-aware, and I actually like the ones where they're self-aware of other fake vampire stuff like Twilight that yeah. uh, they mention. And it's like, you know, oh, I'm the Twilight guy and stuff like that. It's 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 so weird that they're able to include the popular culture and the myth and not break anything by doing it and the fun stuff is when the, sometimes they fight you know nick and uh, uh deacon get into a big fight bat fight and they're doing an act not just the bat fight but uh yeah. w when peter is destroyed and uh, yeah. we, that's a bit of a spoiler so we won't talk about uh, why that happens but it is it's uh nick's fault and he and viago have this fight you know, right out of it obviously it's in a rotating set because they're fighting on the walls and they're fighting right. they're standing on the ceilings one of the better one of the lines I liked 
You know, Deacon screaming at him, get up and stand on the ceiling like a man! <laughs> yeah. And, but they're terrible fighters. Yeah. You know, this isn't one of those things where all the, de- all the like on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where all the vampires all know martial arts, or they're all, they just, they're all like slap fighting or, or, or wrestling or... Nope. Whenever they fight, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> well, except that one point where Stu's trying to teach them martial arts, and Viago <laughs> does this flying kick, literally flying, and it's like, yeah. kick, 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 and it's hilarious, because yeah. he's terrible at it. Yeah, because obviously the kicks wouldn't do anything to anybody. No. Uh, um, and the, the whole hypnosis thing is, it's great because it's so hit or miss. You see me. <laughs> You Yo, see me. Yeah, well, poor... I'm at a different angle. He can't see me. <laughs> yeah, Vlad is outside a window trying to get someone to look at him and invite him in, and the person won't even look up. Or They're trying to get into nightclubs, and, you know, we, we can only go in places where we are invited. And they're trying to you... get the bar. Invite us in. Invite us to come into the club. You can go club. in, mate. You can just go in. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Invite us in. <laughs> um... Yeah, there's there's all that's that they 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 really work everything in the silver, the crucifixes, the sunlight, everything, mm-hmm. you know, and nobody sparkles, you know, nope. thankfully. Thank um, God. Yeah. The, the there's no weird like, well, I'm going to imprint on your daughter. No, I'm going to imprint yep. on you. There's none of that crap. Oh, please, no, no stop. <laughs> why why a, do you want to bring that dreck up? Oh. Uh, well, I was reminded by that big throw-up scene. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I like that they have the weirdest relationship with the werewolves. There's a werewolf pack, (laughs) and there are, as we find out, other supernatural beings in this world. There are zombies, there are witches, demons, but there's a werewolf pack. Wait, wait, wait! Hmm? It's not really a pack. It's more like a werewolf support group. (laughs) Yes, kind of. It's just a bunch of guys who, you know, happen to be werewolves who hang out a lot. Yeah, (laughs) and they always they have this adversarial relationship but they never seem to actually fight they just insult each other and like jump back and forth doing the sort of you know as the the sort of frat boy kind of oh yeah you want to go you want to go but no one does anything oh you want to smell our crotches no we don't (laughs) smell your crotch we smell each other's crotches it's it's a greeting it's like ah that makes it better And I also apologize. Anytime I try to do a New Zealand accent, I, I apologize to all of New Zealand. Um, I can't do one. Um, yeah, m- mine I can sometimes do, but it always tends to slide into Australian. And or or, or very, quite honestly, different. or Cockney. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it, it's descended from in some ways. The Australians descended from the Cockney, but uh, yeah, the Australian and the New Zealand accents are distinct. Yes, they are. It's a, very it's distinct. subtle, but it's but it's distinct. Yeah. One's more Aussie, one's more Kiwi. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, one of the other things, like, so when Stu is teaching them stuff, I remember there's one point where uh, they're trying to get uh, Vlad to go out, and he's like, no, I must do my dark bidding oh, on the God. internet. What, what, are you, what are you bidding on? Uh, there's a table I want to buy. <laughs> <laughs> Just again, the switching uh, of, the, the juxtaposition of dark bidding with, you know, bidding. Like yeah, eBay, on eBay. <laughs> Oh, um, God. Also, things like you know, they they their beginning of the film. They talk about how this is all leading up to this this big ball that they that the the unholy masquerade, yeah, the unholy masquerade. And then, and then you get there, and the dark cathedral of despair. Is it a dark cathedral of despair, or is it a VFW hall? Because oh no, can't... there's a sign on the bu- side of the building. You only see it briefly. It's the Victoria Bowling Club. <laughs> yeah, it's a, but that's so what it's it looks really like. like a, Yep, it's just a generic-looking event hall. And you know that somebody, like, contacted somebody and rented it. 
Like mm-hmm. it, it was all done above board and stuff. Um, and it's just and it's brightly lit. There's party lights. There's you know people mingling. A man selling ice cream. Uh, <laughs> All right, and some of them, like, they meet the zombies, and one of them is complaining, you know, we, you know, we don't always have to do the walking with the arms out, uh, like this. And then at one point, he starts to run after one of them, and you can see he's fighting against putting his <laughs> arms up like that and doing the zombie walk. Well, I also like that he, he introduces some of the other werewolves to some of the other zombies, and unfortunately, they're pretty typical. They're like, <laughs> you know, they, they're really just, they're not, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like that. It's like you'll get this really dark something, you know, the the dark cathedral of despair, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, it it's not that dark. No. <laughs> or their house. Their house is horrendous. Yeah. It is like there's the sink is pulled piled full of dirt, not dirty dishes, bloody dishes. Yeah, and also it's not just dishes. It's like you look. It's really nice china, and yeah. they're like brandy snifters and uh, 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 cherry glasses. But they're filthy. There's one scene where Jackie is cleaning the bathroom, and it's just covered with blood, some of which is clotted, and it's nasty. Ugh. And she just looks up with a look of, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like they, they take these moments, and, you know, and, and, and Viago goes, wow, she seemed to have a good time. Yeah. You know, and it's, <laughs> it's like just when you're about to go, wow, this is terrible, they really edited it, or they really wrote it such that there's this equally large club of humor that they hit you over the head with and, mm-hmm. and it's kind of okay which is again why it's kind of uncomfortable and so it's just some of the mundane aspects they're the first time they go out they're on a bus yeah they're sitting in the back row of a city bus yep vampires you know creatures of the damned and they're just like sitting in the back looking bored like everyone else well, the scene leading up to that, where they're all trying to figure out what to wear. Oh, right, because they can't see they can't see themselves in the mirrors. No, so, they, so like, Deca- sketches does... of each other. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, you know, it's it's a disadvantage not having a, um, being able to see yourself in there. So you know, and they're like telling him it's like one thing that Diago tries. He's trying to be hip and with it, and he's wearing like his his amazing French top coat and his fluffy blouse, and he's got on camo pants. Like change, <laughs> no change, change, change. <laughs> Um, and then they get out, and they're walking the streets of Wellington, and it's, you know, like a strip mall. I mean, it's, it's not yeah, like... It doesn't they, look awful, but it's just really bland. It could be anywhere. And then they can't get into clubs, but finally they get to a club where, you know, it's known that where, where vampires go there. So they're let in, but it's obviously like, well, this isn't the cool club that you go to. This is the club that you go to because you can't get into the other one. So they're almost the only ones there. Um, although to be fair, eventually they, because of Nick, they end up getting into the. Um, do you remember the name of it? It was oh, um, the, uh, Disco oh, Wonderland, the, bo- the Boogie Wonderland, Boogie Wonderland, Boogie Wonderland, and you get in, and it's like, oh, the reason it's called Boogie Wonderland is because it looks like Boogie Wonderland. Yeah, but it's it, full, and there are people lots there, of people. and and you know now they're not now they're cool, and it's like no, <laughs> yeah, they because they really don't fit in. No. <laughs> uh and I, I like the fact, this is a minor spoiler, but throughout it, Vlad, Vladislav, you know, German Clement, is talking about his nemesis, the Beast. <laughs> and whenever he mentions the Beast, they show these great pictures, these like old medieval woodcuts uh, that are obviously uh, depictions of demons or aspects of the devil, and they all look horrific. And of course, we find out later, the Beast is his ex-girlfriend, Pauline. Yes. That's it. Prefers Pauline, but I call her the Beast. <laughs> yeah, and she calls him. You may have to bleep this arsehole. Yeah. Well, there's another beep I'm gonna have to put in. Stop yeah, doing yeah. that. <laughs> well, um, I didn't. At least I didn't do the quote about the sandwich. 
No, I thought about that. It's one of the best quotes in the film, but you can't say it on. Well, you can sort you... you can sort of do it. I mean, they're they're talking about why they like the blood of a virgin. You know? <laughs> well, we we drink the blood of the virgin because you know it's cool. And uh, Vlad says, "Well, I think I think of it this way. You, uh, it's like if you eat a sandwich. I mean, wouldn't you rather eat a sandwich if you know that no one has beep it?" <laughs> That one killed me. That was one of the many lines that just killed me, even the second time. Um, so I, I'm going to sort of circle quickly back to the special effects. One of the ones that I liked the best was when they get Nick to the house, and Nick is trying to escape. And they're all they're kind of playing tag or, or hide-and-seek or whatever with him. Yeah. And there's one point, they talk about, they, they talked about the trauma that Vlad had suffered because of the beast and how he can't quite do all the things he used to do. He used to be able to hypnotize crowds of people. Mm -hmm. He used to be, do these amazing transformations. Yeah, but now he, he doesn't get the face right. And there's this <laughs> one point where Nick is running through the house and of course the, the camera crew is following him and they pass by and there's this cat with Vlad's face and it is both hideous and hilarious it at the same like time. It looks like something out of uh, her Hieronymus Bosch. Or even maybe even one of the woodcuts from Alice in Wonderland. But it's just okay, like, yeah. it works perfectly. And it's just so bizarre. It's and so creepy. It's, it's creepy and funny because it's like, mm -hmm. it's a cat with Vlad's face on it. Huh? And then they, you know, quickly pan off it, which is fine. I, um, I like how they sometimes integrate, you know, the fact that, they're being, that there's a documentary being shot, which everyone seemed to just sort of take in stride. But when they go to the... Un I mean, I don't want to talk too much about the masquerade because that gives away stuff, but at one point, the others are complaining. Well, who are these people with the cameras? Who, what are we... It's like, yeah, well... And, and Vlad is saying, you will not eat the cameraman. Okay, maybe one cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> and that, cam that, suddenly that camera sort of wobbles and looks yeah. around. <laughs> yeah, speaking of, the, speaking of the film crew, so one of the things that I thought was rather subtle and is, is very much not explored, but you can't really if you think about the film, you can't really ignore, is mm -hmm. that all of this horrible stuff is going on with the complicity of the film crew. Yeah, they're just watching if, them kill people. Right. Watch, listen to them talk about all the people they've killed and the people that they enslave. And it says in the beginning, you know, the film crew all had crucifixes and were under our protection. Yeah. Um, but they're witnesses. So yeah. you have to wonder, too, they've witnessed all this stuff. You know, technically, if any of this came to trial, of course... Uh, the idea of a modern day court having vampires in it, whatever. Um, could they be tried for complicity? And what are they going to do with this documentary? Yeah, who are they going to show it to? I mean, even this isn't at the post credit scene. At the very end, after the credits, you, there's a close up. You see the three of the the three of them. You know, Vlad and Viago and Deacon, and Viago is staring. No, Deacon is staring into the camera. And he's, and he's saying directly to the audience, you will forget the contents of this movie. You will remember nothing of the last 90 minutes. And snaps his fingers. <laughs> so I guess Hello. that's what happens. That's it. They'll show people the documentary and no one will remember it. Hey, Max, what, what are we talking about? Huh. I don't, I don't remember setting up my computer. Wait, wait, wait. Why am I on Skype with you? What's going on? <laughs> where's the, where my where's my hat? the vampire forget scene ladies and gentlemen i love too how they just like so casually use your their powers at one point nick is is um talking to the the crew and Stu is there and he just turns to sue and says you don't hear me and <laughs> and then he just talks and then he goes okay you can hear me now and it's just like 
Like, there's no it, pageantry. Nope. No, there's... it's just like there's no spell, magic spell. There's no, like, incantation. There's no, you know, dancing around the flame or incense. It's just... That's one of the fun, the best parts is they make the super, the magical powers look so mundane. It's and yet like, they still okay, work. Okay, I'm flying now, whatever. And now I'm, like, changing <laughs> into a monster. Yeah, it's whatever. Even when they, like, fly... There's nothing. They just suddenly float up into the air. There's no big takeoff scene. There's no musical sting. There's nothing. Or the scene near the end where uh, Viago finally goes in to see Catherine. And we see him on the ground looking up the window. Then the camera pans up to the window and Viago's in there. We and don't it's know like, how. Did he teleport? Did he fly? Did he turn to mist? But he's just there. And he's still got that goofy grin on that he never loses. It's the kind of grin where somebody's like, they think they're always on camera. And, well, he is, but um, he never really... Even when he's upset, the little grin doesn't go away for very long. Um, yep. Which is one of the sweeter sides of that horrible murder. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you know, we've got this, this film crew, uh, which I guess found out about this. Um, and they find more and more about it. Like that, I don't know if they knew about the werewolves ahead of time, but they, they certainly do now, or the, the werewolf support group. Yeah. Um, and that's what it is, because like the, they have these rules, you know, the werewolves, not swearwolves things, because, you know, it's like, as soon as one of the members swears, the, the, the alpha, which, let's face it, if we're talking alphas, he's kind of like only alpha because there probably aren't any other ones. Well, at, um, the, at the end, what, you know, he's talking about this, and yeah, I'm the alpha, so you know, sometimes I'll tell a joke and I'll... See, everyone laughs, and everyone does what he says. Everyone starts laughing, and then sometimes I'll do this. You'll, hey, what are you laughing at? It's like, uh, uh, I, I, don't, uh, I don't know. I don't, ah, you failed. You failed the test. <laughs> and, they look and then they ask why, Stu. Why were you laughing? Well, I, I was just laughing with the group. Good answer. Uh, hey, See, hey, that's hey. good. Pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Um, Everybody loves Stu. It's so cute because Stu is so bland in a lot of ways. But everybody just, who meets him loves him. He's utterly non-judgmental yeah and he's just like not getting in anybody's way and Nothing he helps freaks them. him out no um well there's actually one scene that i thought you know obviously this would this would appeal to me there's one scene that is i don't know potentially metaphorical and it's basically nick's coming out scene and you know, no, Nick, Nick oh. is not character is not gay, but it's like that. He's like, uh, you know, I I stay over here tonight, and uh, uh, I'm gonna I want to tell him. And so he sits Stu down, and he says things like, "Oh, you may have noticed that you know we our tennis games. I've switched them all to nighttime, and you know how he used to lose. Well, and I won the last three ones, and he's bringing up all these kind of kind of boring, mundane reasons for why he may have noticed that yeah, Nick is no, different. The, the parallels to telling him he would be gay are really strong. And then it's nice because he tells him, Stu's like, doesn't even say anything. He's just like, and you're wondering, is Stu now going to leave? And it's like, no, Stu doesn't. And they show them sitting next to each other. It's like, ah, oh, he's my best mate, but, you know, I want to eat him. I mean, I, it totally I want to. sucks that I can't eat him. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, you know, they're, they're. It's like what the X Men used to do right back in the 60s when it was <laughs> dealing with these social issues. Now, this case. But it was. It was it was very much a coming out scene. And it was. Yeah. It was touching um yeah, i will say the 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 lack of of female representation in this film we, we don't get many and the ones we get are except for jackie and i'm glad that jackie basically gets what's what's coming to her and i do mean that in a good way yeah um because it's it's a pretty guy film which you know is fine um but it's like all the werewolves are guys most of the vampires are guys um with the exception of the beast which you know there you go yeah, jackie and, and the two little girls the two and little the, girls and, and the woman and who's running that... The, the scene where they're on in the uh, it's like the first 
15 minutes or so when they're just on the streets of Wellington, they run into a number of, uh, of female vampires. I mean, one is like really embarrassed. Yeah, I, I totally drained this guy. I, dra- I, ate, it, I ate all of him. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. she's just binged. It's, oh. And there it's are, there are a lot of girls who just sort of wave or... Yeah, they're just, but it's like, you know, it's... They it aren't main so. characters. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All the main characters are, are men. That's Yeah, good. which, of course, makes me wonder, like, you know, we, we heard that uh, Netflix... And actually, uh, the thing I found surprising is that when I first saw this, uh, as I said, my buddy the Weasel told me about it. We watched it on Netflix. It's not there anymore, which is odd because apparently oh. they're the ones making this show. Yeah, I went to watch it for our show, and it's like, why is it not here? What do you mean titles related to? Hmm. So I had to go and rent it on iTunes. But uh, so it makes me wonder if you're going to make a show out of this and I'm going to go on the roster right now as voting for please don't. Mm. Um, what would you do? And I'm going to pose that question yeah. to you, Max. You're a filmmaker. You have this wonderful, amazingly mm. funny, fairly original and yet using well-trodden ground film and you're going to make it into a, into a show. What would you do? Uh, well, let's see if I'm doing something for mainstream. I would use the same things over and over again until I wore them down into a dull, predictable pattern. Brilliant! You're rehired! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, the only thing I could see is you try to explore the other parts of it. You Maybe maybe show, like, maybe there's a household of female vampires and uh, deal with them, or maybe... Uh, see what happens with the interaction now that the, you know, with the between the werewolves and the vampires or uh, how, how do they pay the rent on that place? Did they just hypnotize the landlord? We don't know. There yeah, are some well, things you could try to do. You know what I think they should do, especially if they're going to do it for an American audience, is they should dumb it down and make it faster. I, I think you've struck oil there. <laughs> Stop, Dylan, <laughs> you've struck oil. Yeah, I, I think that's probably what's going to happen. And I imagine they'll jazz up the special effects and make much more of a thing out of them. You had me at swear wolves. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you had, you had me at deathbed. Um, <laughs> so, I, you know, I'm, I'm the same opinion. It's like, you know, there are lots of times in Hollywood's history, and I don't know if Netflix actually qualifies for Hollywood, but there's lots of times in Hollywood history where these wonderful, perfect moments and somebody says, I know, let's make more of the same thing, and it's been a terrible decision. Now, I'm not saying, I don't even know who's making it. My guess is that Taika Waititi and his friends are not involved. I don't know. Mm. But my feeling is, is that this is one of those things that's likely to be awesome the way it is and does not need to be expounded on any further. Um, there's a very old saying. I want to say it's P.T. Barnum. I don't know that it is, but it's basically always leave them wanting more. Oh, I think that, oh, that might have been Mae West. I don't know. It is a show business term, and the idea is yeah. that if you continue to do encores until the audience is tapped out, then they're not going to have as good a rem- right. memory as they would if you had left after the first one or whatever, you know? Uh, it's actually very much, they say that about painting too. It's you always want to paint like the brush stroke before you think it's done and it's more satisfying. And I'm going to say here, this is a wonderful, awesome thing. Would I like to see this group group of people do something else? Totally. And I don't know that giving them more money would actually be a good thing, but I would love to see them take on something else. I don't care if it's humor. I don't care if it's serious because they, they did a great job. Um, but I don't need to see any more of this because I'm worried that it's going to make this less special. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And you having a sh- shows based off of movies, almost, I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say most of the time that doesn't work. 
it, this also, t to be fair, I'm not, I definitely have to put it in that made-for-TV movie thing. This, for some reason, and I don't know exactly why, doesn't feel to me to be big screen. Hmm. Um, I don't, and I again, I can't figure out exactly what about it doesn't, but for me, it feels more to be watched at home. Hmm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Hmm. It's 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 perfect. I laugh. Small as scale, I, yeah. It's yeah. it's not. Hmm. I don't think that making it a well, also putting it on a bigger screen would not necessarily like maybe now the special effects wouldn't work, whereas mm -hmm. on a small screen they work great, uh, except for the werewolf suits. Um, so I don't know, but more is not always better. Yeah. So, but we'll yeah, see. I, and yeah. who knows? I could be totally wrong. I'm willing to be totally wrong and see something that's like you know suddenly it's in the office or something like that. I mean, no, it could be honestly, it could be like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was an okay movie but an absolutely terrific TV show. About the only thing I really remember solidly from the movie is Paul Rubin's death scene. Yeah, that, well, it's a great moment, but also Rutger uh, Hauer uh, 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 as Lothos is terrific. See, I forgot he was even in it. Yeah, well, most of the time he doesn't get much to do. Once in a while he has some fun, but yeah. mostly he stands there and looks menacing, which he is really good at. Well, you know, if I were Rutger Hauer, I would menace too. Mm. Um. Yeah, so uh, unless you've got anything else, I think no. we, can, um, we can head for the roundup. We can, do, we can do the electric slide into the roundup. The roundup. So, did, did you like this movie, Max? <laughs> I, I really like this movie. The dialogue is so damn clever. It's so uh, funny. And the, the, the acting is terrific. Just about everyone does a great job. And as you say, the editing is great. The pacing is terrific. The weird juxtaposition of the exotic, the supernatural, with the absolutely mundane is so yes. good. What about you? Yeah. Uh, there's nobody in this I thought did a bad job. Even <laughs> Stu was just hired to do IT. Like he is exactly what he needs to be, which is doesn't say much. He's very he, like his reactions. His face almost never changes. Yeah. Um, the werewolves are a bunch of blokes, which is perfect. <laughs> yeah. um, the vampires are all, all socially awkward, which is actually something that at least in the books um, for Interview with a Vampire they touched on, which was the reasons that vampires tend to have trouble is that they can't change out of their own time mm. and so they even address that really well in this and it's like none of the guys can dress except for nick because you know he's current yeah. and even he is stealing some of the ideas from deacon yeah, De who, deacon's complaining you know, yes and you know when, when they have the trial of nick aka <laughs> problems we have with nick <laughs> as they're talking about you know first first of all you know you you did this. You got Peter killed, and uh, which well, is no. Bad. First of all, it's like first of all, you brought a human into a vampire house. Yeah, oh, but that's Stu. We like Stu, so it's yeah, okay. Stu, oh, Stu, so maybe, that's okay. Maybe and, we uh, cross that one out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and also, uh, Deacon does not like that you you wear the same jacket as he does, and he'd like it if maybe you found your own look. He, he really bothers him, and so they they exile him from the house indefinitely. In that which, that means like tomorrow, right? <laughs> No, it means forever. No, no, it means it's indefinite. No, so, it means like never. they're arguing, and then of six course months. they also, they they subject him to the procession of shame, shame. which we will know we will not shame. describe because it's just too worth watching. <laughs> it also I can't remember which one came first, this or that certain episode of um, the Game oh, of Thrones, was, but I think this came first. It doesn't matter, even if it doesn't. It's, it's it still did it better. It, yeah. <laughs> Um, 
I don't think I, there's a single performance in there I would say was bad. Everybody did a great job. Um, and you're right. It's the juxtaposition of the writing and the performances. Because Taika Waititi, as this total nerd 18th century uh, fop German vampire thing, is just great. And he's, Because he's he also a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. And that's the hard part. Yeah. Um, Vlad, you know, same thing. Is like he was a horrible, horrible person, and now he's a little better. Um, Deacon, we sort of, he's sort of like a well, rock Deacon and roller. Deacon was a Nazi. A, he was a Nazi, but he's sort of like a, a rock and roller from a third string band that never quite made it, but he's also a murderer. Yeah, um, yeah. And then Nick is just sort of like, Some I don't know. Bloke. I mean, <laughs> he's I mean like yeah, a I mean, he's... Yeah. He, I would vote him most likely to have become a werewolf if he didn't become a vampire. Um, <laughs> although all the vampire, all the werewolves seem to be redheaded, but there you go. Um, so yeah, I, big, big, multi thumbs up. Oh, I, yeah. I'm going to give it three thumbs up. Um, <laughs> a, a lot of fun, great little film. Don't know again that I want to see any more of it. Um, mm-hmm. Although I would love to see more of these guys. Like, hey, you know what? For all I know, these guys could be the New Zealand Monty Python. Maybe they're a great group of guys that could continue making fun stuff like that. And I would sign me up. Definitely watch that. Oh, yeah. And so So, uh, next week. Next week? Oh, yeah. What are we doing next week? Next week we will be dealing. We we am afraid we slide back to the 80s. What are we doing next week, Brian? The same thing we do every week, Pinky. Talking about movies. No, no, that doesn't work as well, does it? Damn, back to the lab. Uh, but what are we going to find, Robert Pencil? Size. <laughs> Next week we will be addre- go- we will be enjoying the addressing. adventures. Addressing yes, the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension, Ooh. which is again one of the movies we have quoted for thirty years. Yeah, and it is a very quotable movie, and uh, yeah. And it has brilliant performances. We will talk about that next week. Brilliant performances by really surprising people, given that movie. Yes, yes, it does. But until uh, then, but in well, in place of then, no, wait, then now, now then, because of then, wait, no, yeah. uh, you first. Oh no, wait, I go no, first. You, you go first. You, yep, go ahead. Wait, no, because wait, you host. Goodbye, folks. The we'll end. Max Mike Movies is a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench.